0: Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. We are here on our bi-weekly schedule. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. As always, it is me, Russell Hartman, joined by Kevin Krupe and John Luke Shapiro. Kevin, you're growing quite the beard there. How you doing, my friend? Well being in quarantine, I mean I don't see anybody
2: besides you guys and wow. my family. So why not? I mean, unless my boss calls me, unless the video chat I kinda just like hide under a hood so he can't <laughs> and, like, kinda like squeeze it down like this. And so JL,
1: the master of the beard.
0: How are you, doing? JL? JL, how you doing? You look. I I'm I'm tired. I'm 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 very tired. This, this who knew I'm so who, who damn tired. Who knew a quarantine would make everything hard? <laughs> so, no, I'm good. I'm I have a beard. It's nice and rounded out. Shaved it about two weeks ago. Very nice so beard. Very nice so sorry, Kevin can't do this,
1: but. Oh, wow. Already taking shots. Kevin, do you have anything to say to that before we begin?
2: Yeah, you know, at least I won't die from, you know, a little bit of asthma here. And oh! oh!
0: Sorry, <laughs> wasn't my choice. Can't get on me about that. Ha ha.
1: Anyway, before <laughs> we get into all our ranger talk today. Oh, wait, by the way, Russell, it? we Ooh, forgot yes. to say we're, oh, powered, we're powered by, by, by Blue Blue ForeverBlueShirts.com. <laughs> Thank you for catching me, Joe. I can't believe I almost forgot to say we are powered by...
0: Kevin, who are we powered by?
1: Anthony. Uh, <laughs> powers from <laughs> <blueshirts.com>. <laughs> <laughs> So as I was saying, before we get into our Rangers talk today, uh, we have one Mets-related question to start off with, and that is, boys... Is
0: this the surprise you were talking about?
1: Are Friday night black jerseys oh. going to make a return oh. and should they make a return in either of yours opinion jl today sny posted a clip showing ron darling saying he would love to see friday night blackouts as every fan would wear black jerseys black shirts at the stadium as the mets would wear black jerseys what do you think about that
0: i think it's great considering i'm wearing one right now i would <laughs> like it yes that would be great i thought kevin? they were good jerseys and they should use them again
1: they are really nice kevin what do you say bring back the black jerseys or no
0: of course, bring back the black jerseys.
1: What are you crazy?
2: <laughs> Why wouldn't you want this jersey?
1: It is really have really, a right. little
2: bit of. like, bring it back to the Rangers. It's like, oh yeah, I love uh, the name across the chest. No insignia for the Rangers. Let's just keep doing New York or Rangers <laughs> across. Or Rangers. The chest. Yes. <laughs> or Not really. do the shield or the liberty. Nothing. No, so, have it a little bit different. Come on.
1: Yeah, it would look really throw nice. A,
0: throw a little bit of a uh, you know
1: flare into your jerseys. Why don't you? Yeah, I'm, I think they should bring it back. They're probably the Mets' nicest alternate, in my opinion, although I do like those blues that they introduced a few years ago that they still wear. The home ones are really, really nice. Well, I
2: mean, there's 162 games, obviously, not this season. Yes. But, you know, you can have more than three jerseys Absolutely. to choose of from. Of course, yeah. They play most of the, like, six days out of the week.
0: Yeah. You know, Ant, a- still- you know Ant's not going to like that we mentioned the Mets. So.
1: That's Okay. It's okay. Hey, okay. We're we're still powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Of course,
0: so.
2: yeah. Yeah. Powered by <laughs> ForeverBlueShirts.com. Therefore, it's a Rangers podcast.
1: So now we're gonna dive into. I mean, you know, there's not much going on with actual hockey, so we figured we'd debate some what if scenarios for you guys this week. First one, you know, it's still, uh, you know, we were talking about this before, and the 2012 playoffs obviously ended. Uh, in an Eastern Conference final loss to the New Jersey Devils in Game 6. We all know what happened. Adam Henrique in overtime ended the Rangers' bid for a fifth Stanley Cup. But <sighs> what would have happened if Scott Housen, at the time the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, decided to accept Glenn Sather's last offer at the deadline for Rick Nash, which was rumored to include Brandon Dubinsky, Artem Anisimov, Chris Kreider, and something like two, multiple firsts and some other stuff thrown in. So a huge, huge deal, and a lot of players would have gone to the Columbus side of things, including Chris Cryer, who's been with this organization his entire career now and will probably stay with the Rangers for his entire career after signing his big deal at the deadline. Gentlemen, do you think if the Rangers acquired Rick Nash to go along with Brad Richards to along with Marion Gabrick uh, and whoever else... You know, was on the roster that time. I'm a little fuzzy. Do you think that that team, with Rick Nash, wins the Stanley Cup in 2012? And do you think he really would have made that much of a difference? Kevin, you can start on this one.
2: Well, even if Chris Kreider wasn't going the other way, you probably wouldn't have seen him come up that year. Because he did, you know, win that NCAA championship with Boston, I think, in 2012. I believe.
0: Yeah. And, and, and he, he yeah, he came up yeah. and you
2: know, he was lightning in a bottle. It was great, but you probably don't see him. And even if he obviously he can go, or if he did go, you no know, Chris Kreider, but you know, that could have been the spark that ignited, you know, the Rangers fire that, you know, really took them all the way to the end. It's just, it's a, it's a bittersweet scenario. Cause now it's like, you know, we ended up trading for him anyway, but not, not as much. I don't think it was two first round picks. I don't think it was as many prospects. But I think it would have been that kind of, like, fire under the, you know, the asses of the Rangers organizations. Like, we got the high-scoring winger with Gabrick. Richards is here to center these two guys. Even if they weren't on the same line, it would have been electric. And it's just, it always seemed like the Rangers were missing that one piece throughout the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But it, it could have just been, like, we were clamoring for it. I think at the time I was like, I don't care. Throw all the prospects and all the picks. We can win it this year. This is our year. And then... Of course, to lose to the devils of all all damn teams is kind of salt on the wound. But I think the Rangers would have. They had the defense. They had everything going for them. And it was just they couldn't get over that last hump. And the Kings weren't that good that year. They weren't as good as they were in 2014. No, so they we weren't. could have possibly seen them,
1: you know, beat them. Although that year, the 2012 Kings was that eighth seed Cinderella team. Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe they wouldn't have stopped them. We don't know. but True.
1: But, you know, you, you have to think about those playoffs. I mean, if the San Jose Sharks don't collapse, there is no LA Kings. In the, uh, or is that 2014? No, I that's every no, single that's year. Every time. That might be every single time, year. Yep. Every single <laughs> year
2: because the Sharks break <laughs> my heart.
1: Yeah, I mean, JL, how do you think uh, things would have gone down if Scott Housen would have accepted Glenn <laughs> Sather's trade uh, back at the deadline in 2012? I mean, we're looking at a drastically changed Rangers team at that point.
0: I st- you know, as much as I think that two thousand and twelve team was really solid. And even if they had the extra scoring, I don't think they would have I don't think they would have gotten over the hump. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> yes, Rick Nash would have added the extra scoring punch that we've been we were clamoring for at the time. But you also have to remember the way John Totorella utilized his roster. He had mm-hmm. his third and fourth lines basically do absolutely nothing. For the better part of a couple of games, so you had your block some you, shots. You had to. You had guys like you know Girardi, McDonough, and basically all your top, you know, your top, you know, six forwards and top four defensemen just grinding it out. So I know. I by the time they hit that New Jersey series, they were just beat. And frankly, the the defensive depth for the twelve team was good but it wasn't as good as the 14 team because that third pair d with Stu bickle and i'm trying to remember who else was on that pair um was they strawman no i don't know no no no, no strawman was with we Stahl. didn't sign him that. we we didn't sign him that Let's year see, we're year talking before. about Mac no 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 you said 2014
2: that mm. you were talking about
0: no i'm talking about 2012 oh okay yeah. never mind yes I think they did have Strawman that year. Well, they, they did
2: strawman They didn't have him for 2014 because yes,
0: they did. Tampa. They did. No, they no, did. No, he, he went over in 2015. It was, the, ah. it was the it was the it was the following summer, but no,
2: no, my, that's isn't that still 2014 though? Well,
0: 2014,
1: 2015. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, remember Strawman was replaced that offseason with um, Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle, yeah. But- Dan Boyle placed which was a real very, very bad decision in hindsight, but what can you do?
2: You no, know, he did give us that endless clip
1: of him telling Larry books to leave, which was Oh, that's that that is one of my favorite. <laughs> oh favorite no, clips. it's it's gold. Cool. Oh guys, are we forgetting Steve Eminger here? Steve Eminger, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's my point. As, as
0: Steve, I think the the third pair was what Steve Eminger and Stu Bickle. Stu Bickle, yes. So Stu it's Bickle not it's not Steve a it's Eminger. not a knock on any of them, but you can clearly see John Tortorella did not trust them at all. So oh, all no, you no, saw was McDonough Girardi, uh, McDonough Girardi, McDonough Girardi, McDonough, McDonough. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. McDonough Girardi stall. And Strawman—that's basically all you saw for the most part. And it was just—and—and—and and, and then you know your your bottom four lines, you know, with Boyle and Mitchell and amongst other players, you know, they he just didn't—they—they they were burnt out. So regardless yeah. if they had that extra scoring punch, it might have won them what one extra game. They might have been able to take it to six or seven. Right. But but no. you think ultimately
1: advanced to the final?
0: No, I don't think they would have. As good as that team was, I don't—I don't think they would have made it. Uh, no,
1: I said I said the you think the Devils still would have beaten the Rangers? Oh yes, you're no, saying? No, yes. Okay. no, they would have. Okay. They
0: probably would have beaten them by seven, probably, because that series went six. That right? series went six. Yeah. So they probably would have went seven, or maybe they end a series early against like Ottawa or Washington with like See, extra scoring.
1: That catch. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I would think that the addition of Nash ends the Ottawa series a little earlier, and maybe ends the Cap series. I was, series a little I was earlier. gonna bring that up, and you with... would have had more gas mm-hmm. in the
2: tank to kind of. Propel them forward.
0: I don't know. I, I they were a hard
2: they were a hard hitting team. They blocked a lot. They of did. shots. But,
1: but remember, that team was all about the sum of its parts. Because if I remember, was that the Vinny Prospel years? No. Too? The, well, or he was that what, not the Vinnie Prospel years. He technically
0: was on the team. He was just injured. But Prospal oh, was 09 okay, okay. to like 2011. He had that knee okay. issue or that leg issue that he had. He was technically still there, and I think he might have played a couple of times that season, but no, he was he was kaput. And they honestly, yeah. they could have used him.
1: Really, I. They could have because I remember there was a point in time, either that season or the season before, where I, me- I remember seeing the statistic put up on MSG during a game. It was that no Ranger besides Gabbard Prosser scored in like a week. Yeah, like they scored or th- all it, the it goals. It was
0: either or. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: was, and right. it, it was wild just to see how that like those torrella teams they just didn't have the depth but like they, they it was just dudes jumping in front of shots and like opportune goals <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: no no absolutely no yeah. and 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 i'll tell you what say say what you want about that 2012 team if they had one more defenseman Outside yeah. of Stu Bickle, I think they could
1: have done yeah. it. I really because think then you could have rolled, Because then you could have rolled three pairs because at then, that point. Yeah, yeah, then you
0: look at the 2014 team, and you look at the way that team was built. You basically had Girardi uh mcdonough Stahl, strawman and then you had john moore and kevin klein oh we also can't forget michael delzato he was still on the yeah. 2012 team as well oh so. that was well, the was that, forget the that we got john
2: scott, scott that year
0: too that's yeah well he was john <laughs> he hated anything, him.
1: Was, was 2012 delzato the rookie sensation delzato no
0: the rookie sensation delzato was 2009
1: Oh, man. Yeah, Rookie was... sensation Delzado was something.
0: Him him, and Matt Gilroy scored, for, oh, scored my their first goals within a week from each other that year.
1: <laughs> I remember Matt Gilroy was used on forward at a certain point. Yes, the that was actually injury. his
0: second tour of duty with the Rangers. They used well, the on
1: Second tour of duty. Fourth yeah, line realize. winger. Yeah.
2: You also got to think, Zuccarello really wasn't on the team that year either.
1: No. No, because not. I think that was the point in time where he went back yeah. for a little I, while and then they re-signed him
0: well zuccarello's rights were already with the team i think they loaned him over out to um to overseas but he was playing yeah, in Hartford yeah. for most of the time the following season which was the lockout shortened season was when zuccarello came back and they started to use him and yeah, it yeah. was getting to a point where they were i actually wrote an article about this on on forever blue shirts uh, about zuccarello yeah forever blue shirts dot com Do, yeah, Anthony, um, <laughs> I, I, I hinted that at the time the Rangers were getting ready to either trade his rights or just gonna give up on him, and ultimately when the lockout shortened season came and there was a couple injuries in the lineup, they ended up using him with Derek Brassard, and John Tortorella said, "Eh, yeah, we'll move him around." Elaine Vigneault yeah. puts them together the following season, and there you with go with Mister
1: Benoit Pouliot. Benoit Pouliot. You know, oh, I'll say one thing: man. that 2014 team with the Benoit Pouliot, Zuccarello, brassard line was fire. Oh, dude! That team was just straight. That, that line was just offense. If you want that to see efficiency
0: offense. at its finest, chemistry between those three yeah. was about as fluid as I've seen in some time. The last time I saw a line that good together outside of maybe whenever Panarin line is on now, is uh, <laughs> any any line any that Panarin, any Panarin line, sits on, um, is Nylander, Straka, and Jager. Those oh, guys, they yeah. just knew where everyone was going to be at. And Broussard knew where Zuccarello was going to be. Poliat knew where Broussard or Zuccarello was going to be. Zuccarello knew where everybody was. It was yeah. That was and, yeah. such a joy. Those guys carried in the playoffs. And then it also helped that... That year, uh, Richards Haglin and um, it was Richard Taggers in St. Louis. They needed yeah. some lifting up, and they finally got time to work together. So when all three lines were clicking, that's how they made it to the final. But I digress.
1: So that 2014 team we were debating about going over, of course, but you know, I feel like uh, that team has been analyzed so much at this point. They did everything they could, but the 2015 team well on their way to what everyone thought was going to be another cup final appearance. You know, they were dominating the whole year. Um, Everyone was clicking. Everything was going right for them. And then, I believe it was during the Pittsburgh series, Ryan McDonough takes a slap shot from the blue line, and he cracks Matt Zuccarello in the head. Zuccarello would miss the remainder of the playoffs, and he would apparently have such bad brain damage that he had to learn how to talk again. Um, he was in really, really bad condition for a while. Uh, we, as fans, did not know the condition until much later, until Mats came out and interview and said just how you know, you know, basically cr- critical his condition was. So we'll start with JL on this one. In the 2015 playoffs, say that puck goes three more inches to the right, misses Zuccarello's head and dings off the end boards and comes back around. With Zuccarello in the lineup for the entire playoffs. Do the New York Rangers make the Stanley Cup Final again?
0: No. And even though at the time I was I was yelling about it, that Zuccarello would have made a difference, and he actually did make a difference, um, the defense was banged up a lot that time around. Um, they, they were basically on their last legs. Many people, after the fact, were begging the Rangers to rebuild. Um, McDonough, I think, was the key. He was the anchor at the time and Oh yeah. He the was, guy was a
1: workhorse. He
0: was playing basically on one leg and that yeah. hurt the Rangers because instead of using Matt Hunwick, who was healthy and capable enough, you could have put Matt Hunwick on a bottom pair and used one of your other guys to fill in the spot with Girardi. Um, they they were they that really did hurt them because Tampa Bay was all over them and scoring really wasn't an issue that series outside of game what game outside, 7 of, not not yeah outside of game, game 7, seven. And game 1 or game 2 yeah uh they it they game,
2: it was game 4
0: no no where, no i'm talking about oh you mean, the,
2: oh you meant like the rangers weren't scoring
0: no 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 i, oh, no, I just yeah, yeah i'm yeah, just I speaking see, in yeah. general like the rangers were scoring a lot that series i mean i think broussard had a hat trick miller was scoring for the uh, miller was putting up points so he was producing rick nash was actually doing okay uh, martin saint louis carried so it wasn't yeah. a, it was rick
1: nash had like 14 points those playoffs he, just he was, really he, yeah he was. Doing he, right. if
0: he had had that performance the year prior rangers win the cup obviously oh absolutely but mm-hmm. um they the problem with wasn't because they were missing Zuccarello he would have helped but the problem that series was defense and one of the one of the games that was very evident of I think it was game it was in Tampa Bay I don't know if it was game three or game four they lost nine to eight or it was either eight seven or nine eight and I think Vladislav Nemesnikov shot it on Henrik and I think it was a screenshot in overtime and they ended up losing that was a big game because if they had won that game then they probably would have went to the final so that was more of a yeah. defensive issue yeah, they so they
2: would have they would been up 2-1 going, with, going into that with, fourth game going into then, game
0: four yeah and
2: it's I, a completely different mindset going into that game yeah, yeah. so you come back and you come back in the fifth game and you're up 3-1 back at Rangers ice where the crowd is electric uh, you you, you see a completely different series, and you have two extra,
1: two to four days of extra of rest, rest. Yeah, and then you have the Stanley you, Cup. Then you, then you who made the finals in '15? Was that the Blackhawks? It was. Right? Bla- it, was it was Chicago yeah. and Tampa Bay. I, I think the Rangers would have beaten Chicago. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Oh yeah, um,
2: everything broke right for Tampa Bay. It yes, did,
1: but, uh, but you know what? Tampa Bay still lost. So, yeah. so, um, I'll what say one thing, about the Rangers. No. <laughs> one thing about that series that I will never forget is Game Six when Derek Brassard was like, "We are not going home." Yes, like oh. we are not losing. And that man put up a Hattie and like two assists in Game Six. and had like a five six point night or something like that. Yo, it was crazy. I was at Buffalo were, Wild Wings when resilient. that happened. Yeah, no that that team didn't die. It's just no, it was, it's it's just, just so that frustrating year, to remember. That game seven of that series was oh my god. That was the second most heartbreaking Rangers moment I've experienced as a fan.
0: Felt I felt yeah. numb, like physically yeah. numb watching I that. really
1: thought I really thought that it was destiny. Again. Like I really thought like, okay, last year, you know, fine people were injured, they ran to the Red Hot Kings, whatever. This year the Blackhawks will make it. They can beat the Blackhawks. They have that, you know, year of where they lost, so they know what it feels like. They don't want to do that again. That every championship team has to go through and then just they got stonewalled and Game seven.
0: Well, again, you also kind of have to throw some blame on Elaine Vigneault. He kind of got outcoached by John Cooper, that he series. And the, the negligence. I, I, look, I understand everybody wants to play, but they they were talking about icing McDonough's leg and him basically trying to pull a... Um, oh, who was the name of the defenseman that played on one leg for Toronto in sixty. Two or sixty-seven when they won the cup. I forget his name, but they tried to do that where they ice your leg, wrap it up, and see if you could play on it. But McDonough could even couldn't even last a couple of shifts, and they were down a defenseman. Meanwhile, you got you know your double shifting defensemen who are already tired and
1: hurt, so it doesn't
0: really help your cause. So, you know,
1: yeah. So I mean, it it seems like we're in agreement. Even with Zuccarello, the run probably still ends just because the defense would not have held up. For our third "What If," this one is something we have actually talked about on this show before, but a long time ago, with a with a different cast of characters on a different and, cast.
0: Different. And I'm very interested characters. to see
1: what these two gentlemen have to say. Was I so, here for that? You were no, you were. It was before your time. I'm oh, to you too, yeah. Oh. Um. So, as everyone knows, in 2005 there was no NHL season. The 0405 season got canceled due to the lockout. And the draft lottery that year was very different than it was in previous years. So a kid named Sidney Crosby was due to be the first overall pick playing for the Ramouski Oceanic in the QMJHL. And teams that hadn't made the playoffs in a while were more weighted. Their their lottery balls were more weighted, and they had a higher chance of getting the prize of Sidney Crosby, who was people were saying was going to be a once-in-a-lifetime generational player. And he's you know, the man has won three cups, he's has over a thousand points, he's one of the best players of the past decade and a half. You can't you can't say he hasn't lived up to expectations. So there are those that believe that the New York Rangers were indeed screwed out of getting Sidney Crosby in the two thousand and four no two thousand five draft lottery. Two thousand four was Ovechkin, two thousand five was Crosby. Now, the reason people say this is because the Rangers at that point in time were the definition of sad franchise. They had not made the playoffs. <laughs> oh, in, sad,
2: sad sad franchise. I mean, sad they franchise. hadn't made
1: the playoffs in seven <laughs> years. Um, no matter what stars they bought, no matter what big fat contracts they handed out, none of it seemed to work out. Even with the acquisition of guys like Theo Fleury and Eric Lindros and Bobby Holik and Darius Kasparitis and all these guys that you know you kind of bring in and to try to get to that next stage, try to get playoff, back to playoff contention, it just didn't work. It ends up that the Pittsburgh Penguins, who at the time were in dire financial straits and were uh, thinking about relocation, possibly, uh, possible bankruptcy, um, just so happens the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Sidney Crosby sweepstakes. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, some people think that the Rangers really were screwed out of that pick in order to save the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because when you add it all up, it makes a lot more sense for the Rangers to have won that rather than the Pittsburgh Penguins, seeing as they were in a horrid state at that point in time. So, Kevin. Russell. If Sidney Crosby joins the New York Rangers in 2005 after the lockout, now don't make it too long, but I want you to give me a fun alternate timeline of when Sidney Crosby is a new... Your alternate Ranger. timeline. Yes, give me an alternate timeline of he, events.
0: He said don't make it too long after his rambling rant. Yeah,
2: right? Like, let me spend five minutes talking about how the hey, Rangers... I had to the stage. I think they all know. I think everybody like, knows. But I think yeah. for
0: Ant's purposes, I think you have to spell it out because you might have forgotten. <laughs>
2: Oof. <laughs> Oof. Obviously, you see the Rangers as a completely different franchise after this. And I... I kind of think you build, or obviously you build around Sidney Crosby, but you might look at this like this is our franchise player for the next two decades. So let's screw it. We're going to throw everything off the table. We have Sidney Crosby, and we're just going to run with it and see what happens.
0: No, but to to add to your point about the Penguins, they did end up getting Malkin the next year. That's how bad they were. So, yeah. So... If you look at the the situation where both teams were at the time, the Rangers had, at least in terms of prospects, a a better team than they did, than the Penguins did. Because if you look at all of the guys that came out of those drafts, you had Mark Stahl, Brandon Dubinsky, uh, they had signed Dan Girardi as a free agent, um, Ryan Callahan. um, And at the time, they already had Yager, which you knew they were going to keep. Um, you know, Roosevelt was there. Tooten was there. So the Rangers were already starting to build up a foundation of a team. But then it all depends on the moves afterwards. So if you got Crosby, great. You got Crosby, Nylander, uh, Cullen. They might not even have gotten Cullen at the time. But either way, I still think they build on that foundation they already had. And I think they probably win a cup in – if they had Crosby, they win the cup in 2012, probably win the oh, cup absolutely. in 2014. Um,
1: I also think Yager, sta- Yager probably stays longer, too, if they have Crosby. I think they keep Yager. I think they're more inclined to keep Yager because uh, if you have a number one center like Crosby, you, I would think Crosby and Yager would have good chemistry. To I mean, there.
0: they could have kept Yager regardless after 08,
1: sure. but I mean – I think that – yeah, it's more likely that Yager would have stayed if they had Sidney Crosby. Probably,
0: or maybe, yeah, maybe they probably would have come to more of a, uh, I guess, a better contract resolution because I think Yaker did want to stay regardless. He did, and
1: that, I think it was a whole money thing that. They yeah, just it was didn't. a money yeah. thing, and
0: then they ended up signing Marcus Naslund, who I think was older yeah. than him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, let me say something. Marcus Naslin was pretty good. though. No, 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 here. no. I, I yeah. love Marcus Naslin. He was yeah. one of
0: my favorites as a Ranger, even though he was here for one season. Marcus Naslin was okay. one of my favorites. But even then, if you put Crosby with a guy like Marcus Naslin, Marcus Naslin? maybe yeah. he stays here for two seasons, you know? So I, yeah. I, I think to agree to go along with what Kevin Krupe said um, I have to thanks, say his, I have to say his thanks whole, for, name. For whole, whole um, name thanks John Luke Shapiro <laughs> well uh, to agree with Kevin's point I, I, I just think that um, the Rangers would have been in a better spot than Pittsburgh was and I think that the, the success would have been quicker I mean it's can't really say much because the Rangers were good regardless after the fact, but yeah. I mean, like I they think, may,
2: you know. they maybe beat the Buffalo Sabres. There. Yes. They, uh, yes. That's
0: right. Well, maybe no, no, no. Not only beat think, the Sabres, no but they also beat the Devils in 06. They when do. They got cause swept. remember,
1: remember Sid's rookie year, he put up over a hundred points. Oh yeah. So, I mean, him yeah. and Ovechkin were going neck and neck for the caller that year. Um Ovechkin got 50 that year, I mean, it, it would have been really something. You could really see something. might
2: even put up a little bit more with Yager on his With Yager, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would oh, have yeah. been
1: really cool to see. Um, I do agree with both of you. I think we have at least one to two cups by this point in time with Crosby. Um, I don't know, like, what exact moves they would have made. Who would have who knows in that alternate timeline. But when you have one of the best players in the world on your team, there's a really high chance with how good that organization was and how they went for it that they probably would have gotten at least one in that period of time. Um, if
2: you had Crosby, and let's say your 2006 season wasn't going well at the time, right. you trade you trade everybody. Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you has
2: gone. You everybody's have leverage, gone. Though.
1: That's the thing. You trade everybody, and then our.
2: Look at my franchise center right here. We don't need any of these guys.
1: Yeah. I, and then I, the Rangers become the lucky ones and get Malkin the next year. <laughs> <I> wish, <laughs> Not necessarily. I, that'd be great. I will say, say this, though.
0: Just thinking about it, if the Rangers had gone through with all the same moves along with having Crosby, just imagine a power play unit with Crosby, Malkin, Shanahan, Straka, and Yager.
1: So you're assuming here that the Rangers do get Malkin in 2006?
0: No, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying if they they do get Crosby... And then they keep the they keep going the same trajectory that oh, they the same did. Okay. I'm telling you, you're looking at a power play unit of Crosby, Yager, Shanahan, Straka, and uh, oh my goodness, any one more? Nylander. Nylander. That would be pretty. Dude, cool. that, that would be pretty is crazy. Yeah. Instantly, just you're winning the division regardless. Yeah, you beat no, the absolutely. Buffalo Sabers that season, and who that knows? That means they get
1: uh, they would get all the way to. Well, they would have gotten to the Eastern Conference, Conference Finals, final, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, which, would, would, have Ottawa, so like which would, would have been the Ottawa. Which would have been the Ottawa. Well, okay. Now you're talking. Do you think a New York Rangers te- team led by Yager, Crosby, and Straka beats an Ottawa team with Daniel Alfredson, prime Danny Heatley, and prime Jason Spezza? Though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that's. I don't. I don't know. That Ottawa team it was might, no. They were. They yeah. were really good. But I think.
0: <laughs> I think the oh shoot Dude, that's hard because both those guys all those guys are really good yeah. <laughs> i keep forgetting I mean, we're, how we're good... not
1: talking about washed jason Spezza or washed no, and they were is... solidly in their primes like we're like good players you know did
0: they have danny heatley at the time
1: yeah they did that was remember 50 and oh <laughs> yeah i a freaking all-star yeah
0: oh that's right i forgot about that how could i forget i see it tw- i see it on twitter all the time
1: oh yeah i mean i I'd, I'd love to you know see that alternate reality but you know the penguins had to go bankrupt and ruin everything for us thanks so. to go, mario thanks, Lemieux. Yeah, thanks mario so what a joke. on to our last topic of the day uh stat boy steven our good friend put up a tweet before uh kind of posing a question to rangers fans on twitter and i thought it'd be interesting to discuss on the show um, if the Rangers somehow lucked into the first overall pick, so with that, you can assume Alexei Lafreniere would be a New York Ranger, and the Ottawa Senators ended up with the second and third overall picks, which is very likely, considering how they basically fleece the Sharks at this point. Or Sharks. Do you... What would you guys do? If the Ottawa Senators called you and your Jeff Gordon and they said, hey, Jeff, give us one, and we'll give you two and three. What do you do? Who did I start with last time? Who did I start you with? We started
0: with Kevin. Oh,
1: so JL, you are Jeff Gordon. You are sitting in the chair on draft day. You're sitting with your uh, war council, JD to your left, David Quinn to your right.
2: Well, not necessarily. You might. All be, right. Well, like, I'm setting separated. the
1: scene, Kevin. I'm setting the scene. All right. No, no, you I'm might be in your basement, like just like <laughs> sitting sitting with <laughs> and your the nowadays, phone rings. Yeah, phone rings, Pierre a more Dorian offers. Scenario. Pierre Dorian offers two and three to you, and he says, "Jeff, I want an answer within the next few minutes." JL. You're Jeff Gordon. What do you do?
0: I'm keeping the first. That's what I'm doing. Really? Yes. Really? You know why I'm keeping the first? It seems as if the team knows that they are in prime position to contend within the next couple of years. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you're basically missing one large piece, and that is down the middle. Now, what do you do with that large piece you put him down the middle. That's the first-round pick, Alexis yes, Lafreniere. But
1: I will say he is not a natural center. He is a left winger primarily.
0: Well, <laughs> learn, learn how to play center, kid, because that's what you're gonna play. No, but now, for, it's a, it's for a, those, it's that, intriguing. Well, to it's intriguing to. to I literally looked is. up and bu-
1: like and a jail random mock draft. Before jail and... does continue, Kevin, I need to say something here. Now. Um, Lafreniere is 6'1", 192 pounds, natural left winger, he can learn. and he has 35 goals and 77 assists in 52 games for 112 points in 52 games this season for Ramouski. So, insanely good player. Kevin, continue, please.
2: i just like to say that you're right, Russell. Literally, any random like mock draft site I went to has Lafreniere as a left winger, yeah. not as a center. So, that point is not that valid, Jayle. But uh, you know, people think that Filipetto isn't a natural center, even though he was drafted as a center.
1: And so, and Ant. okay. And. Well, here's my, here's my thing with this, and then Kevin, you we will get to you. No,
2: you want to go? Dare you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. You
1: go. Um, if I'm Jeff Gordon, I would do that deal 100 percent because yes, Lafreniere is very good, and I mean, at that point, you're looking at a top line. Uh, oh my God! I can't even imagine. You would probably have to shift Lafreniere, but you do Panarin, Zabana, Lafreniere when you need offense. I mean, that's that's stupid. Like that's that. I can't even imagine the kind of offense that that line could drive and it's the power so that that good, line would.
0: It's leaving you speechless. End but, of discussion.
1: But no, 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 not end of discussion. <laughs> because the Rangers lack depth in two areas in their system, and that is center ice and left D. Okay, so. What do you do? You do that trade every time because with those two picks that you get two and three, you can do a lot with that. Number one, with the second pick, your center problem is solved, solved because you take from the Sudbury Wolves a man who is six foot four, two hundred and fourteen pounds. Say his name already, Russell. His name is Quentin Byfield, Russell and he has loves actually, Byfield. He actually has a better points per game. Than Alexi Lafreniere does. I he has Russell wants to yield for Boy, field. field. He has 82 points in 45 games this season, 32 goals and 50 assists. Monster center. I mean, he's, he drives Sudbury. He is that good. And he's been good for a while now. And I mean, if you can add if you have a chance to add that size with those hands and that shot down the middle, it solves your center problem. It seriously does, because he will be in the NHL next year. And you can slot him in as your two or three. As he progresses, and then by the end of that season, next year, Byfield should be your second-line center. He would probably be, his development curve would be there. And then by the next season, him and Zibanejad 1A, 1B, and you just have a ridiculously good center core as this team progresses. Now with that third pick, this is where it gets super interesting because do you double down on centers? Do you take Tim Stutzel from Aldermanheim and just have a ridic- like a ridiculous center ice core for for, de- for a decade? Zibanejad, uh Byfield, and Stutzel. I mean, that is, that's that's an embarrassment of riches in your, on in center ice. Then you don't need Ryan Strom anymore. You don't need to worry about any more development for Anderson or Nieves to play center because, frankly, it's just not needed. You slot in Byfield and Stutzel, although Stutzel might need another year in Europe, but Byfield comes in, Stutzel comes in a year after, and your center ice is just ridiculous. Or, you go a different route. Maybe you want to grab a winger alexander holtz and lucas raymond are going to be right there too so i mean the options are endless and the rangers would still have the carolina or toronto pick to mess with or draft a player with maybe you even package three in a 23rd and you do some crazy stuff when you get a player i mean just having those two of the first top three picks is just too good to pass up kevin
2: Ke- oh, no, i know I, I i went to go talk before and then russell kept talking so i waited shame until on he was, you sure. russell yeah, Russell, obviously, is very, uh, very, very passionate about prospects. Um, I agree with Russ. I mean, this isn't last year's draft where it was Hughes and Kako and then to be determined all the way down to the second round. This is a draft where the forwards are so good. And you get down to even eight, and you're lucky that, you know, you know, Jamie Drys- Drysdale's already taken, and you still have another choice of somebody. You're getting a good winger. You're getting a good center. And you could have an embarrassment of riches at center position, like Russell said. Or you could have, essentially, a brand new line yeah. plus
1: Kako oh, yeah. if you
2: want to throw him there. And it, it just comes down to the fact that it's like it's not like you have Kako, and then it's like, okay, now i got to pick some random schmuck from the rest of these guys that aren't as good this is prime 1a 1a 1b players until like 5 or 6 so you the rangers even if that like this is a, such a outlandish like almost as bad as us getting the second round pick last year this is so unlikely that it might happen but if the rangers could still trade up that's what everybody's forgetting the rangers still have a ridiculous amount of defensive and goalie prospects to trade away players right now that are on rfa deals until 2023 where you could trade away and or you know you can have some expansion fodder that you want to throw in it's like oh you can have this guy and then they'll take him don't worry the rangers can trade with ottawa if they're really like feeling it they could trade with los angeles they could try anaheim they might even trade with the devils who knows but but it comes down to it the rangers if they do have that first round pick and ottawa trades them like hey look two and three Yes, two and three. Give yeah. it to me. I'll you take have it. to. You have you to. You have to. This is you it. Have to. And even Just because
1: they, of what you can do with those picks, even if you don't use them.
2: Even if Ottawa doesn't get two and three, and they get like two and four, or two and five, which is, as, I think, as far down as they can go, you are still getting top-tier talent that high up.
0: Yeah. If
2: I'm Jeff Gordon, I'm thinking I am a year away from being real playoff contenders. Yeah. All these guys in the top ten can play next year. I mm-hmm. might as well make that trade. You have
1: to think of it this way. It's all about how... You're right, Kevin. Wait, wait. Then you have three picks in the first round. Oh, absolutely. And you have to think about how close they truly are, is what Jeff Gordon has to think about if he says yes or no. If you think you're really close, and you think that, okay, we're missing one element, we're missing one more scoring punch, all right, maybe you take Lafreniere. I mean, you can't really fault him if they decide to do that. I mean, the kid is... A lot of people say the best prospect since Connor McDavid. I mean, he's that, he's that good. He's really, really good. We've been saying it even last year, even in the Caco in uh, huge draft. People are saying, you know, look out for next year. Look out for the 20 draft because there, it's so deep. It's so deep with forwards. And I like what Kevin said too. Even if it's two and five or two and four, okay, you have Byfield. and You had Alexander Holtz. You have Byfield. You had Lucas Raymond. You know, you had Byfield. And you had Marco Rossi. Like it's it's just it's an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, also, like Kevin said, you have that other first in the bottom of the first round or the middle of the first round, depending on where it falls. Hello, Noel Goonler. Hello, Connor Zari. Like, you add another dynamic player down there. I'd just like
2: to point out that a lot of drafts I've seen have the Rangers picking Connor Zari.
1: Yeah, because it makes a lot of sense.
2: I would love that just because I
1: love his game and yeah. I love his name. He's a speedy center that plays a really good two hundred foot game, and he's got any, really any good offensive instincts. For the
2: Camloops Blazers.
1: Look, Kamloops Blazers, one of the best <laughs> names in hockey, right? Um, but point, I mean, look, the Rangers. <laughs> this, this scenario is so outlandish, um, but it is just very fun to think about because imagine that, imagine having the man of the draft one, imagine of that having the option. To have such a dynamic player like that, I mean, if you compare him and put him and Kako on a line, what I mean, that's it's it's dumb. Like it's 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 the offense would just, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I would I just can't. love if the
2: Rangers got within top top five. Okay, I mean, so I'm not saying it ain't, it ain't saying happening, Kevin.
0: Unfortunately. I, okay, okay so hold
2: on, JL. First think, of all, I didn't say you, like they win the draft again. I'm saying that they have the riches to trade up.
1: Yeah, they
0: they
2: have the they riches have draft, the and that's to trade up, and trade possible.
1: Because if we remember 2015, the weirdest draft, because New Jersey, Dallas, and Philly all leaped up the draft lottery charts. Leaped. And it was, you know, everyone was like, whoa, like, they weren't lottery teams, really. And they all took giant steps up, and Nico Heischer, Miro Heiskanen, and Nolan Patrick all go to teams no one thought they were going to go to. So, I mean, it's possible, and I do think, Kevin, there is something to what you're saying. I think the Rangers will try to trade up into a, a high pick again because they realize that they're closer than they thought.
2: Like, do you see a team like Detroit trading away that pick?
1: No, no, Detroit won't because they need all the talent they can get. And yeah. frankly, Detroit, Detroit is the lowest they can go is four. Um, because they are the worst team in the league, and the lowest they really can get, even with the lottery, is fourth. So I think they're going to keep it no matter what, because even at four, you know, Detroit has down the middle Dylan Larkin. They're going to have Joe Valeno and Michael Rasmussen as well. And then, you know, you're talking about that they can add, like, a Lucas Raymond or an Alexander Holtz to that. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. probably going to do it. I wouldn't trade that pick if I was them. Um, JL, do you think the Rangers, if they don't, get in in the lottery, do you think they will try to trade into the top five?
0: I think so. I think they know the value of the draft and they have an embarrassment of riches in the nicest way possible to say that. So I think they just, they find a way to move up in the top 10 probably, maybe even maybe top five probably because they know that they have a lot of guys who can supplement teams now, especially younger guys. So oh, yeah. don't be surprised if you see assets to be used for now possibly moved up, or maybe even some young guys that they have in the system. You know, you guys mentioned goalie prospects along with a couple of other things. So don't be surprised if some other defenseman or a goalie may be moved with a pick. Why not? That range is just on prime position to draft pretty high. So
2: Do you see, like, a sign-in trade with, like, yeah Tony D'Angelo?
0: Maybe. Sure. That Depends could be a team. possibility. Do you see a sign-in
2: trade with, like, Ryan Strome, or just a flat-out trade with Pavel Buchnevich? Like the guys that have um, like the biggest question marks going into
1: the next couple of years. Okay, that's interesting. I think that Booch would be a candidate if the Rangers know for sure they are in the top five, and I say that because you then will have his replacement when you take one of the the Swedish territories.
2: Like, I'm only saying that because it's like because we signed Chris Kreider, right? No, I agree. With this huge said. deal. It's just like. Where is Kratzov going to fit in? There's, Where's there, there's all so these other play guys play. in the AHL going to fit in? And it's like, if you really want to give Kapo time, you know you got to kind of get rid of some of the guys in his way. Oh, and, yeah, like, of course. You, you can't give it to, like, an Alexander Holtz over him. Like, that's just not
1: No, fair. I wouldn't. you're. I mean, Kako is probably going to start on the top line whenever this resumes because, number one, the kid is getting a break finally which is really nice for him, which is something, a silver lining of all of this, I should say, because you're getting a player who can now finally take a break from playing hockey for the first time in about two years. Um, so I hope, you know, we hope he gets, he's, we're going to see the real Capo Caco as this, you know, when this comes back eventually. But I like what you said, you know, Kravtsov's still here. Kreider got re-signed. Pooch is here. is going to have to be made, especially if you get another high-impact offensive player. He's not playing bottom six minutes. When this no. Season. I mean so many different ways this could go but um i think it's interesting that you both are on opposite sides of this argument that jl would take lafreniere if he was jeff Gordon and kevin you would take any combination of uh byfield stutzel raymond or holtz why not (laughs) yeah i mean look and and,
0: and, and, uh, and i'll be clear with this i wouldn't be against the second idea as well just saying
1: you just feel that Lafreniere puts them. I I think. La, I think, the...
0: I think. Yeah, over the hump. I think Lafreniere is a talent you don't want to miss out on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you still. I'm. You still have the center issue, but I mean, you could draft a center with one of your later picks, or like, you know, you could take that lower pick, trade players. It's all possible. Is Lafreniere,
2: just... like the consensus
1: number one pick. Oh, or are yes. we going to yeah, see no, like no, a whole yes.
2: nother like? nolan patrick nico no, no, kind no. of situation there was like we all think it's gonna be one, one guy and it's gonna Look, switch on the last second
1: in the beginning of the year when byfield was putting up the ridiculous numbers there was a conversation about it but as the year went on it just Lafreniere the argument took over yeah a lot from took over i'm the, just the i'm, just, I'm just
2: making sure for people yeah. who are unaware of the situation because yeah you could have it r- run down the line and be like oh no, Lafreniere is actually the third guy I want
1: to pick. No, there's no way. No, no. That, he, I'm just making yeah.
2: sure. Yeah.
1: No, he's, this, this, he's unbelievable. this is the Lafreniere draft. It will be known as the Lafreniere draft for years. He is going first overall to whichever really,
2: team. You, is have, you have been talking about this guy for like the last three years. Oh, yeah.
1: So. He's, he's, he's going to be that good. He's going to be really, really good. So, I mean, his talent will be hard to pass up, but two and three would be epic. Um, any last words before we say goodbye to the listeners this week, fellas?
0: Um stay safe wash your hands and we'll have to wait for hockey to come back
1: yeah that's basically it and please tweet at us let us know what you would like us to talk about yes. anything you'd like us to cover specifically um we'll try to do more of these debates and what ifs and fun things like this as we continue on our biweekly weekly schedule um, we have all of the time
2: in the world
1: <laughs> exactly and as you know jl said please stay safe wash your hands uh, stay inside as much as you can um, let's beat this thing so we can get back to uh, normalcy and hockey.
0: And we're also Kevin. powered by foreverblueshirts.com. He,
1: he took it right out of uh <laughs> Doesn't mean you I'm can't so say it sorry. again. No, I mean... But oh, you know what, God. Kevin? Since he took it, you can say those magical three words to ring us out. <sighs> let's go Rangers!
0: You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by foreverblueshirts.com.
2: What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW, Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H and his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.